Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. I'm going to go ahead and invite our guest speakers up today. We have five of them joining us today. We have Mr. Garrett Williams, uh, Miss Lisa Bracey. We have um, Lynn Borklin, Matt Filer, and Tim White. Go ahead and give them a round of applause as they come on up to the stage to share with us. They're going to have a seat here. Here's, here's what's going to happen today, and here, here's how things are going to go, go down. I asked five people from Freedom Church if they would come and, and preach a sermon to us for five minutes each. And these guys said yes. And, and they, they didn't know exactly what they were getting into, but in some ways they're like, they're just going to take their next step and, and trust that God's in it. So I asked, hey, share, share a verse. Share, share something that has, has impacted your life and share that with us. And so they've been working hard over the past month, month and a half of of seeking God, praying, researching, practicing. I've been coaching them on practice, 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 just to, to get yourself ready for this. So they've been working hard. This is not easy to do. You can imagine if I had asked you to say, hey, you want to come, you know, the, the excitement, but then the anxiety that comes with that. So here's what I want. Um, they're not going to come up and and introduce themselves and say, thank you, Mike. And I said, just jump in and give us your best five minutes. Your clock's back there. You see it? You see it? Okay. All right. Um, and then what I want you to do, because this is hard, I want you, even if, you, if you're not feeling it, feel it for them. All right. Clap. If you got an amen. In fact, let's just practice. Everybody on the count of three, say amen. One, two, three. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. One, two, three. All right, so you can do this, all right? Get an amen, get a hallelujah. When they're done, clap, cheer. If you, you just let them know that, that what they're saying is, is speaking. This is, in a way, it's a back and forth thing. But I want it to be an engaging time. And then when they're done, um, I'll come up and, 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 and close this out and, and we'll dismiss. But um, let's go ahead. We're going to start with Mr. Garrett Williams, and he's going to be on video. He had a family uh, thing that happened this week that he had to go to to be away from us, but he recorded it on video. We'll start with that, and then Lisa will jump right in. So let's go. Good morning, Freedom Church. Hey, I want to thank you for this opportunity to talk. I'm sorry I'm having to do this over uh, video, but I wanted to take a couple minutes and just talk to you about trust. Uh, specifically trust in Jesus Christ and trust that, you know, what he says, he's going to follow through on. Um, you know, in, in Proverbs 3, 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make straight your path. You know, that says he, he's going to put you where you need to be. And I think so many times in life, we have such doubts in ourself um, doubts in other people around us, uh, that it affects our ability to take our next steps in our relationship with him and to do what he's called us to do. You know, a lot of times that has to do with, you know, I'm not worthy enough. Uh, I'm too broken. I, I've, I've done way too much to be used by God. Um, I'm not in the right place. Maybe I don't know enough about the Bible to go witness uh, when he gives me that opportunity. Um, but, but when you look at trust and you, you look at, you know, 
specifically Jesus Christ. You know, I always kind of go back to the, you know, the, the old quote, trust takes forever to develop, a second to break, and a lifetime to repair. And, and when you're talking about that, you, you're talking about, you know, when you're with people you work with or, or family or, you know, people around you, sometimes it takes one selfish action to break all the trust that you have worked so hard to build. And so sometimes we don't trust ourselves because of that. Sometimes we don't trust others because of their selfish actions. And maybe we've been burned by the people around us. But when you go and look at the one person that you ought to trust, Jesus Christ is the one person who has never broken what he said. So who am I to not believe what he said? Who am I to not believe that he can't use me broken or not? You know, Psalms 9 and 10, it says, you know, those who know your name, trust in you, O Lord, for you have never forsaken those who seek you. Uh, he has not forsaken us. He will not forsake us. And so that's, you know, that number one is the reason you should trust him. You know, a couple things that I always look at is, you know, when you're talking about trust is, one, Trust the process that he has for you. Um, the things that you're going through, the adversity that you're going through is building who you are. You, we don't grow as people through easy situations. Anybody can get through easy situations. We grow, we develop, our character develops through that adversity. And he also gives us opportunities to grow daily if we're if we're looking for those things um but one thing i really believe is you know whether it's something now that he needs us for or whether he's preparing us for something down the road that preparation uh that process is no less important you know if if he's put us in this position who am i to doubt that he, that he can't use me to do something good um, the last thing is, you know, in that Proverbs, it says, you know, he will make straight my path. He'll put me where I need to be. You know, he'll bless where I am if, if I'm putting my trust in him. Um, that doesn't mean the road's going to be easy, um, but it's the road I need to be on. Um, and he says that he'll never forsake me in that. Uh, you know, so, so when you go back and you look, you know, Look at those doubts that you have on yourself, having yourself, but don't put those doubts on him. You know, he created us to do great things. He didn't create us to be average. He, he created us for great things and to do great things for him. Um, so trust in that. Um, let that take that weight off your shoulders. You know, he said he can use you. Uh, he said he won't forsake you. And you know, he's, he's said, you know, if we trust him, uh, he's shown over and over and over that he will, you know, carry through on what he says. So today, trust him and get out of his way um, because, he, because he can use you where you are. Um, he wants that trust and he wants us to do great things. So uh, thank you this morning and I hope you have a great week and a great weekend. Thank you.
Good morning, Freedom Church. I have two questions for you this morning. The first question that I have for you is, have you ever paid a compliment to someone or said something encouraging to someone? Show of hands, please. Okay, second question. Have you ever said something harsh, negative, or discouraging to someone? Not so many hands. So I am Lisa Bracey, and I am here to admit to you today that I am guilty of both. So I saw a video a few years ago, and it changed my perspective on the power of my words. And I'm going to show you pretty much what I saw in that video. A parent was trying to explain to their child about how their words affect other people. They handed them two things, a plate and a tube of toothpaste. And they looked at their child and said, I want you to squeeze this tube of toothpaste onto this plate. Of course, the kid's totally excited and happy, right? Who doesn't love a good mess? So they sit there, they're squeezing the toothpaste, they're so excited about this, and when they're done, the parent looks at them and says, okay, now get all that toothpaste and put it back in the tube. The kid's feeling a little bit excited about this challenge, right? I can do it. They're getting their hands all messy, trying to get the toothpaste back into the tube. And then all of a sudden, they become quickly frustrated because they realize their parent has just given them an impossible task. So our words are a lot like this toothpaste. Once they're spoken, once they come out of our mouth, they're out there and they can't be erased. We can apologize for offending people we can apologize for saying the wrong thing, but we can't take it back. So the problem with this is that as children of God, we are called to love and encourage people where they're at today. And we don't always do that. So some examples from my own experiences and the things that I do are things like this. With my spouse, my gosh, you always fill in the blank. With my kids, why don't you ever listen? What's wrong with you? With extended family and coworkers, did you hear that so-and-so did such and such? I know it's not my business, I'm just saying. With strangers, totally guilty of driving behind somebody, trying to get to an appointment, screaming in my car, saying, what's wrong with you? Don't you know how to drive? Or ladies, I'm sure you can relate to this, being in the produce aisle, just trying to do your shopping, and you look around and other women have this tendency to give each other eye rolls or dirty looks. And what about ourselves and the negative self-talk and the thoughts that we give ourselves? We sit there and we say things like, I can never do anything right. When am I ever gonna get it together? Or I failed again. Shocker. So what's the solution? Paul gives us the solution in Ephesians 4.29. He says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We need to remind ourselves that we have no idea what people are going through. With our spouses, we need to practice patience. We need to remember why we started out loving this person to begin with. 
with our children. We need to encourage our children to live a life of integrity, love, compassion, and kindness. They're watching our examples. What kind of example are we setting for them today? With extended family and coworkers, people are gonna talk. Don't be that person. And when people speak negatively about you, forgive them and lift them up in prayer. And when it comes to ourselves, we need to see the glass is half full. We need to be kind, we need to be encouraging, and we need to remember that we're children of God. We're children of the ultimate forgiver, and he's got our back, even in our worst moments. And with strangers, we need to combat negativity. We need to be an encourager of others, lift each other's up with simple smiles and hellos. Ladies, compliment the woman in the produce aisle. You have no idea what she's dealing with today. So I ask you today to accept the challenge that was given to us in Ephesians 4.29. Love yourself today and stand on the firm foundation of a life in Jesus Christ. And then go out in the world and love, accept, and more importantly, encourage people where they're at. My favorite teacher was asked in a seminar to describe Jesus in one word. He waited a little bit. You know, probably he was waiting to see what sort of things we might think of as he went along. Um, but then he said one word that I didn't expect. He said, relaxed. And I was like, I don't see it. <laughs> I, I don't see that. And, um, but when I started thinking more about that and more about Jesus and reading the Gospels, I started to realize it has to be. It just has to be. And let me give you a couple of reasons that I have, and then maybe, maybe it will make some more sense to you. So I don't think that Jesus, as he walked through his life on earth and as he did the things that he was doing, was either hurried or worried. And so let me describe a little bit about hurry and worry. Okay, so I want to differentiate between being hurried and being in haste or being quick. Being in haste is like getting up in the morning to take a run or a jog depending how old you are. And, um, and you get up and you get out and, and you're going and you're getting down the road and that's great. Being in a hurry, that's, that's being in haste, I'm sorry. Being in haste is like taking a run. Being in a hurry is when the bear comes behind you. That, that's the difference. So if you're in a hurry, the question is, what is chasing you? What's bugging you? There's that sense of guilt and gnawing. And it's somewhat startling to think Jesus knowing who he was and where he was going. He, was, uh, he didn't have that, and he was able to do that. He was tempted, but he didn't have that. Worry, worry is um, different from concern. Concern is, I have a cut on my arm, and 
I'm going to put some peroxide on that and take care of that, put a bandage on it, and, uh, and take care of that and make sure that it heals. Worry is picking at the scab and messing with it all the time. And worry is entirely superstitious. It does absolutely no good. I mean, sometimes we think, oh, I worried a lot about that. Maybe it made something happen. No, no, it, it, it just made your blood pressure grow up and made everyone miserable around you. That's pretty much what it did. So these are things that, um, that I think in, contributed to Jesus being relaxed. And in this scripture, I love this scripture, I wanted to share a couple of things. In verse 27, before, well, first he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I, and I love that. But I wanted to focus a little bit on what he says before and after that. The first thing he says, he says, All things have been committed to me by my Father. So, how much does that leave out? All things. Not a whole lot. All troubles, all good things, all, all bad things, everything, your work, your kids, your home, everything has been committed to me by my Father. And when we say that in a confessional form, we say Jesus is Lord. That's what we mean. Everything has been committed to him. So one of the things that we can do in order to help with our worry and hurry is to be reminded and believe into that because we tend to forget. So one thing I would recommend is adoration of the Lord, of Jesus and God. Praise and thanksgiving can really help hurry and worry. And this is why, because it reminds us who's in charge. It's not me, it's not you, it's not us. Secondly, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Okay, so Jesus was not at this particular moment, there were things called rabbis. These were special teachers. And one of the ways they described their students working with them is they would take their yoke upon them. And a yoke, basically how it works is you were yoked, if you were an animal, you were yoked with a wiser, older animal who would keep you from going ahead and keep you from lagging behind. And so this older, wiser animal would keep you in check and help you. And so Jesus was saying, Come and do life with me. Learn from me. And this is something that we have in a very special way through his Holy Spirit. You can learn life from him. And Jesus, here's the thing, Jesus is not just nice, he's not just powerful, he's actually really smart. He knows how to do your job better than you do. He knows how to raise your kids he knows how to do these things. You can actually ask him. You can actually talk to him about that. So I would encourage you in these days of hurry and worry to ask Jesus and also as you go along, do the next right thing and do it with him. And here's the gold. Here's going for the gold. As you do the next right thing in your life, praise and thank God on the way. See what happens. You don't have to do it all the time. Try it just a few times and see what happens. God will come meet you, and you will find hurry and worry. Go away, and who knows? You might be a little more relaxed. Thank you.
one of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis. And of all his books, the one that intrigues me most is called The Great Divorce. This is not a book about marriage, but rather the author's conception of what heaven and hell might be like. In his book, Lewis describes the little gray town and the people who live there can have anything they want just by thinking about it. This might sound like heaven, but Lewis portrays it as hell. No one can get along with each other because they are all so consumed with self. So they start moving farther and farther away from each other because the people no longer need each other or care about each other. I'm going to share a part of my life story that is a radical example of what happened when I tried to save myself and live apart from other people. When I was in junior high, I was cruelly bullied, teased, abused, even beaten up by the other students. Back then, there was no intervention, and I had to deal with it on my own. So I made the decision that I was not going to be hurt by anyone anymore, ever. And so got through my entire educational career with almost no social interaction with any of my peers. I believed that I was defective, unlovable, and that if anyone really got to know me, they would totally hate me, as evidenced by my junior high experience. And the best thing I could do for people is to stay away from them and never bother anyone. I masked the resulting emotional emptiness with physical emptiness by starving myself and ending up in a hospital treatment program for several months. In the end, they gave up on me and said, you know, we don't see that you're really capable of recovery, so we're going to send you out into the world to live the best you can for as long as you can, and good luck. So I believed that I could not deal with a world full of people, so I left. I spent several years wandering alone in the wilderness. There are no other people out there, no chance of being rejected, hated, or hurt. But I brought a Bible into the wilderness with me, and I read it, and I pieced together the gospel message. And I prayed for Jesus to come into my life, to forgive me, change me, save me, rescue me. And I prayed this prayer every day for many years, and nothing seemed to change. What was I missing? In Matthew 22, a lawyer asked Jesus this key question in verse 36. A teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And that is what I was missing. How could I love God when I could not believe that God could really love me? And how could I love other people like myself when I hated myself and avoided other people like the plague. I used an eating disorder addiction as a way to cope with the pain of life. And I wanted God to magically cure it. And then I could recover alone by myself without bothering anyone. But God did not let that work for me. I needed other people in my life. I mean, that was kind of the problem. I jumped in with a group of Christian women also dealing with addictions and very quickly found just how much we had to offer each other and how powerful it was to step forward together in Christ. We all started to care about each other's recoveries almost more than our own. And so the stranglehold of self so 
prevalent in addiction started to lose its grip, and I started my journey to freedom. Recovering from addictions can be complex and multifaceted, but I found that the basics of living a life of freedom, for me, involved loving God and minimizing obsession with self by loving, caring, and serving other people. Listen to Paul's passionate words in Galatians 5.13. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Romans 8.37, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loved us. Will you choose it? Will you take your next steps to freedom? Find a way to connect with us here at Freedom Church. My personal favorite is the setup team. You not only get to serve, but you get a strength training workout as a bonus. But best of all, jump into one of the connect groups where you can really start building those relationships. It is the path to freedom. Hi, I would like to speak about pride for a minute or two. There are 25 verses in the Bible that talk about pride. And sadly, I feel like I fit into many of them. I struggle, like, I struggle with pride like no other. I raised myself pretty much just me on my own since I was about 13 years old. I survived a 25-year military career as a special operations bomb disposal and demolitions guy. And my biggest and most repetitive fall is my propensity to believe I can do anything on my own. I got this. So often I lose focus of the Lord and his gifts to me and I strike out on my own, riding my little pride party and usually this results in a beating. So quick story, a little over a month ago I participated in an endurance event that went completely sideways. I was so sure I was going to do so well, get some personal records, be able to share my success with the world, etc. Well, God crushed my arrogance and replaced it with a humble pie to the face. I got to 90 miles of a 100-mile race. How awful is that? I know that may seem like a lot of miles, but in ultra racing, it's a big fat DNF. I did not finish. After all that bravado and big talk, I walked away empty-handed and humiliated. Alas, I have so many similar stories. All that seemed to happen when I get prideful. A fitting verse for this is Isaiah 2.11. The eyes of the arrogant will be humbled and human pride brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. I'm sure there are many others out there that struggle with pride as well. Give me an amen, you type A's and Enneagram 8's. <laughs> but thankfully, I can gain true confidence through a humble and real relationship with Jesus. So as we go about our lives, interactions, and relationships, think of where your heart is. Try to focus on Jesus and how he would handle the situation and how he would want you to respond to the situations we all face daily. 
Here are a couple of Proverbs to keep in mind. Proverb 13.10, where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. And Proverbs 29.23, pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. Thanks. Man, thank you guys. Excellent job. As we close out today, this is where you come in. Because they've, they've worked hard on prepping a message. And if you've ever delivered a message, these guys probably already know it. it the message works harder on you um, before you even get it out of your mouth. So I, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to preach on that because I don't want to deal with that. But... Now you've heard, and as Matt said, what's the next right step for you? Because at Freedom Church, our mission here is to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. It does us no good to go and see a, uh, a blemish in the mirror, look at it, notice it, and then just walk away. That comes straight from, from James. He says, no, a wise person's going to look at that and deal with it. What has God spoken to you today? We've had, had five different speakers from freedom. We had a time of, of worship. I believe God's alive and well and has a plan and purpose for your life. Has he spoken something? Maybe something big, maybe something just a little bit tiny, but anything from God is huge. And that's where you come in. What's the next right step for you? As Garrett said, you need to, to trust him. Even if it's not fun, can you trust him? So maybe... The next right step for you is, is the words that you use. Maybe it's in slowing down and the hurry and the worry. Maybe it's, it's getting connected and getting plugged in, as Lynn said. Or maybe it's getting a fat piece of humble pie and saying, God, whatever you want, bring it my way. If there's things here that we can help you with, that's what we want to do. That's why we have right over here, there's a next steps station. You can fill out a card, put it in there, and, and get plugged in. You can get on that setup team, and we need people to help on the setup team. We need people to help with child care. We, we, we need leaders. We, our core value is you lead by serving. We want an excellent presentation of the gospel. That's our mission. And God is working here at Freedom Church in and through you to reach people with the gospel of Christ. That's why we serve. And if you want to jump in on that, whether it's like, oh, this is my second week here, but hey, join the party because God's working here. And when you work and when you serve and you get your eyes off you, he, he, he transforms your life. Maybe for you, it's getting baptized. We, we don't believe baptized say, is, is a way of, of getting saved. It's just a way to celebrate. There's nothing wrong with a celebration where Jesus said, hey, go and baptize people. People who say, I'm going to follow Jesus, you are going to celebrate that and make that known to the world through baptism. And the very first Christians 2,000 years ago, that's what they did. And that's what we still do today. You, you, you've never been baptized, but you're saying, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. Let's have a party. Let's have a party next week. Let us know. I'm ready to party. But it's all about us taking the next right step. So with that, can we stand? I'm going to close out our, our services.
Some of you, maybe the next right step is, is, is that card that was on your seat, says red or green. Next week, we're starting a brand new sermon series where we're answering the top six questions that you most asked. The, the number six question that we'll answer next week. How do I keep from stressing out? Because I'm stressed out. I'm tired of being tired. Well, maybe it's not just you. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a friend. And that's your next right step to say, hey, come, come with me. Come and check it out. Come and check it out. And then just see what God does through you. So with that, can we all bow our heads and let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you that as, as freedom spoke today, as us as the local body, that freedom speaks from heaven to us saying, this is your next step towards freedom. So Father, may we obey whatever it is that you have called us to do. And for some of you today, as we continue to pray with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, maybe your next step with Jesus is your first step with Jesus. Today, you realize maybe I've never ever had a relationship with God. I've known about Jesus. I like him, but I've never trusted him. I've never surrendered. That's where freedom comes from. Freedom comes from full surrender to say, Jesus, you are Lord, as Matt said, over everything. And you've never done that before, but he's speaking to you today, right to your soul, saying, I want a relationship with you. It's okay, you're guilty, but I paid the price. All you have to do is just believe in Jesus. Believe that he died on the cross for your sins and that he rose from the dead. And you give your life to him and he's speaking to you today. You don't have to leave here wondering, am I right with God? You can nail it down today and there's never been a better time than right now to start a relationship and take your next right step, your first step with Jesus. We want to celebrate with you. So if that's you today and you want to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, would you please just raise your hand and raise it high? If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ and raise it high, amen, amen. Does anybody else want to give their life to Jesus Christ today? If you raised your hand, pray this prayer with me and we'll all pray it together. Dear God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And you rose to life. So I could have life too. I give you my life. And I ask you to come in and forgive me. To be my Lord. And my Savior. Thank you. For saving me. And everybody said. Amen. Amen. And hallelujah on three. One, two, three. <laughs> hallelujah. Awesome, 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 awesome. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. 
Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family, and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click Give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast, as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.